Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am where all your dreams come true. At least all really? your homebrew beer dreams, anyway. And even then, we're not so sure. My name is JP, along with my co-hosts, Brian and Lee. Hi. Howdy. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Um, we, in case you don't know... I'm still trying to learn the ropes here, so kind of like, what do I do next? Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, in case you don't know about Doctor Homebrew, uh, Doctor Homebrew is a show where you can send in your homemade beer or cider, I suppose, or meat or you know whatever. We'll we'll, we'll try anything a couple times, uh, but you send in your homebrewed meat or homebrewed beer, and uh, we judge it. We uh, not we as in uh, myself, but we as in Brian and Lee. They are master BJCP judges. And they are here to help you improve your beer or um, just give comments on it. And maybe you think it's perfect, but you just kind of don't know if you want to enter in competition or whatever. Uh, either way, we can help you out. And uh, the kick, the gimmick, the whatever, is that we have you on the show with us. So you can, uh, if you're local, you can come on in and, and, and sit down like one of our guests tonight. But, uh, you know, if not, we'll, we'll Skype you in or, or call you in or whatever. And uh, you get to ask the question. So if you if there's a comment that that Brian or Lee make that you don't really understand, you can ask that question. Or uh, so it's an interactive BJCP score sheet, uh, and I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about it. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. It's gonna blow up every every other show. It's gonna flip the industry on its head, or something. And if JP makes any comments you don't understand, that you, you know we can answer those too. <laughs> you know, no, I don't think you can. You just roll with it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just go. Oh yeah. The, sure. The cat can go up the walnut tree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first off, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star. You all know Five Star. If you're a home brewer or a home winemaker uh, or you do anything at home ever besides sleep and watch cartoons, uh, you know about Five Star. Five Star. They have the PBW. They have Star Sand. They have all the products that you already know and love. And if you don't know about them, go check them out at your local homebrew shop. Or if your local homebrew shop does not carry them, uh, contact them and say, "Hey, look, you guys need to really get with the program here because PBW is where it's at." I wonder if there are other hobbies you could use it with, like you know, uh, home canning, or like cleaning your your sure why not? equipment. Um, I use some- it. PBW on your your big pot that you made the jam in or whatever. I use PBW. I cleaned my bathtub and my shower tile with PBW the other day. Um, I ran a bunch of PBW through my dishwasher the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> stuff is great. We have some really freaking hard water in, in Livermore, so it just you know the filter gets clogged up with all this whitish stuff and yeah. it's just calcified. And you know, ran it through there. And it helped. To, it helped loosen up some of that stuff. But I love it, man. I use. Um, I soak uh, my stainless pans in it if they get too funky. Yeah. Uh, or uh, whatever. Yeah, I, it's great. I do not use it to wash the dog, though. Oh, well, maybe you should. No, I, probably not. It's good for, you know, hot PBW and take labels off fast. If you're, like, getting yeah. ready to enter a competition, yeah. you have five minutes to get them in the homebrew shop. 
Well, maybe a little more than that, but you can <laughs> rip some labels off of bottles if you're too lazy to remove them like I sometimes am. That's right. PBW uh, is the wonder the wonder bread of of beer, of home brewing. So today on the show, we have a couple beers. Uh, we have a stout from a gentleman named Ted, and then we have another beer, another IPA, which I, seems to be our specialty <laughs> on this show, from a handsome young gentleman named David Howes. Uh, and David has an interesting uh, concept with his beer. It was a split batch, um, and so we're going to kind of get into that as well as, as break down his IPA to, to just try to help him pump that up a little bit. So let's take a break, and then on the other side, we'll be on with Ted and talking about his, uh, his stout back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today this mosaic pale ale for rebel brewer is delicious yes i enjoy it too wait did you hear that it sounds like a velociraptor why would a velociraptor be here that doesn't make any sense he's going for my beer i'll stop him oh it looks like our frightening friend just has a thing for Rebel Brewer Hoppy Beers. RebelBrewer.com has the largest selection of grains on the planet. And if you order before noon, most orders will ship the same day. Two-thirds of the country gets their orders in two days or less. Rebel Brewer, the velociraptor of homebrew shops. Why wait? Quick, flexible, speedy, fast, not slow, and fast, and speedy. Visit RebelBrewer.com today. I'll rip your face off. Oh, and he'll totally do it, too. Visit today at rebelbrewer.com. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. As if you could break away from an exciting show such as Dr. Homebrew, right? I mean, it's only Thursday. What is it, garbage day? You gotta take the cans out? No, you gotta sit at home listen to Dr. Homebrew. 
With us on uh, on the line, we have Ted Collins. Ted, are you with us, buddy? Aloha. How you guys doing? Hello. From beautiful Hawaii, right? Yep. Man, that's, I, so far, that might be the farthest away. Well, no. Yeah, but at least, how about this? This is the nicest location that we've ever gotten beer from. Cool. <laughs> I believe it. It's awesome out here. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Ted. How long have you been brewing beer? So I've been brewing about five years. I got my start in Philly um, when I was stationed there. I'm active duty in the Coast Guard, so I moved out here about three years ago. So I do okay. um, all grain. I split between five-gallon batches and uh, two-and-a-half-gallon batches, depending on my schedule with my daughter. Okay, right on. And uh, extract or all grain? All grain. All grain. All right, and so we're drinking your stout right now. Good. I'm happy you made it there. I was worried. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I uh, almost put up uh, some other poor guy's stout in place because there was this big box. I'm like, ah, this must be the show, the beer for next show, um, but it wasn't. So I'm glad we got this, uh, got it sorted out because it's a very tasty stout. Tell me about it. Um, so it's brewed uh, the beginning of April. I bottled it. Uh, it's been about eight weeks. Um, it's got a little bit of two row and some Maris Otter in it, and I dry hopped it with um, some cocoa nibs that were soaked in a little bit of brandy and some vodka. Oh wow! Uh, it's uh, about just over six percent, about sixty-six IBUs. It started off at point uh, zero seven and uh, finished off about point zero two. Right on, boozy nibs. I'm intrigued. Have you done that before? Or is this the first time? No, I didn't. It's something I've always wanted to try. It's my first time making a stout. I I tend to brew kind of traditional. I don't try a lot of oddball things. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of hone in my uh my brewing style i guess i don't tend to go off the wall too much not that putting cocoa nibs and beer is off the wall but uh <laughs> it sounded interesting so i gave it a shot yeah it is i i love it i haven't i've actually haven't put mine uh put nibs in my stout in a couple of years but uh there was a eight nine months man where that's all i did i love it it's mm-hmm. really good complexity uh lee why don't you start us off man what do you think about ted's beer here Oh, all right. Ted's beer is a pretty decent beer. Got some medium intensity sort of American piney hops in the nose. Um, a little bit of caramel malt and some definitely some cocoa coffee kind of flavors in there too. A little bit of fruity esters in the nose. Um, no off flavors. It seemed pretty clean for the ferment. I thought I might have picked up just a um, just a little bit of um, sort of a greeny sort of crackery note to the malt, but um, that. Yeah, it kind of worked all right with this. Um, mostly it was a coffee nose, though, with just a little bit of a sort of a darker roast kind of ashiness in there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the flavor, again, sort of the coffee and cocoa chocolate flavors led, and I guess that's the cocoa beans probably coming through with a, just a touch of that ashy higher roast malt note. A little bit of some fruity esters in there. Medium high bittering for the style, I thought. This is actually fairly bitter in the balance. A little bit of piney hop flavor, some grainy base malt flavor. And the finish was kind of bitter and the cocoa coffee flavor again. Um, roast malt flavors. Actually, for me, the roast malt flavor seemed a little bit light in this beer. Uh, the color was a bit sort of deep brown. It wasn't black. Um, this clarity was good. It had a really nice head on it that lasted forever. Um, and the uh, mouthfeel was a little bit uh, some nice, good initial creaminess. It was dyed, dried out by the malt and the hops. Um, not really astringent, but it was just drying. Both those things will do that. Um, medium low body CO2 was pretty much where it needed to be. It wasn't hot or alcoholic. 
I thought the body could actually be a little little bit thin uh, for this beer. This this sort of is, is where I'm coming at this beer from. I, every, everything seems pretty much right in here. But I think the roast intensity, especially some of the darker roast notes, especially mm-hmm. for an American stout, which they, they tend to lean to being the darker, darker sort of stouts, and people like to throw everything at them. I thought it needed a little bit more roast character in here and a little bit more body to really nail this style. I think the bittering is, it seems to be a little high for it, but I, I don't think it's because the bittering is really too high. It's just, it needs a little bit more oomph to balance it out a bit. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty decent beer. I gave it a 31 point in the scale. Um, but I think if you want to take it up to the next level, that's what you need to do. A little bit richer, a little bit more uh, roast character to it. Okay. What, cool what thing. You- I'd say um, between the chocolate and the black barley, it was just over 9% of my uh, my grain bill. Yeah. So I can definitely up that up a little bit. That that should be pretty respectable. Did you? What's your water like there? Did you do any water treatments? Um. So this... <laughs> This was right when I was in the middle of really messing around with my water. Um, I added in a teaspoon of gypsum and calcium chloride to the mash. And then during the boil, I added in another half teaspoon of each. And looking at my water now, it's um, definitely more towards the um, brewing, I guess, a malty beer. I don't know how to really describe it, but... Um, so I probably it probably has a little bit too much um, calcium chloride in it right now. So right. I shouldn't have added that in. You have any idea what your local water is like for calcium? Yeah, I had it. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I did have it tested um, since I brewed this through Ward Labs. Uh-huh. and well, I don't. I don't have oh, it. No result um, yet. Okay. I can uh, pull often, the info often, real quick, but I don't know what it exactly is off the top of my head. Right. Well, actually. Often your local yes, water supply, whoever's you know your water authority around, will have a, a some sort of a of a pricey online of what the water is like for minerals. Just a, but ge- the, the a reason, general, yeah, yeah, just sort of a general. Here's where your range of calcium and magnesium, all these things are. Should be able to find it on the web. But the reason I ask the classic stout water is usually very carbonate, uh, calcium okay. carbonate. And you were saying you were adding gypsum and calcium chloride. Yeah, you know, and I was I was basing that off of um, Gordon Strong's book with him just. Adding in the the teaspoon automatically of each for some of his beers, right? So you know, I here I have my water um, right in front of me. I didn't know what you what you wanted to know about it. Most mostly, it's trying to figure out where the calcium levels are and where the pH would be. So for a stout, if you want to keep the get the good color extraction, flavor extraction. If I remember this, catch me if I'm wrong, Brian. But I think you want to keep the pH. Um, a little up higher than where it would be if you just mash in with all those roast grains. You don't want to go on too high. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a but little more alkaline water is going to favor darker beers. Yeah, so. but that 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 might be why you're you know you're putting in you were saying nine percent roast malt, and I don't know what your chocolate to black barley ratio there was, but if, if it's about two to um, uh, I had six percent chocolate and three percent black barley. Right. Yeah, you might put in a little bit more of the black barley. I don't know, but I would I would lean towards putting calcium a little bit more sort of carbonate in this water to keep the pH up a bit. That's mm-hmm. sort of the classic, you know, the Dublin water profile. It would work yeah. well for for this kind of a beer. And part is just the flavor, but part it also balances out all the acidity out of the roast malt and gives you a better extract from the malt. So if this is coming yeah. in a little light in body and a little light in color and a little light in roast flavor to my palate anyways, that okay. could be the the source of it right there. Okay. I'd like to know the wetness factor of the water if you have that available. It's um, it's pretty wet. Last time I checked, hundred <laughs> percent. 
Pretty much. That's pretty, a, pretty darn close. That's what I, when I brew my stouts, I, I look for 100% wetness factor. And it usually, they usually come out all right. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when you open up, you know, a can of water and it's that dry water. It's just... Like, that's terrible. There's nothing. Yeah. It's just, or like <laughs> sludgy, syrupy. It's like, what is this? Zero percent water. They try to pass it off as water. <laughs> terrible. Someone should pass a law. Uh, all right, Brian, you're up, buddy. Uh, yeah. This, so, hey, American Stout. This is, uh, has a, has a kind of a, a uh, little cold coffee roastiness in the aroma, low and pretty smooth. Uh, you know, some chocolateiness there in the aroma. Uh, it was a little cold when it came out. We popped it in the fridge while we were on our first, uh, while we were doing some recording earlier tonight. But uh, anyway, um, you know, there's no... Don't break the fourth wall, ah! Brian. <laughs> no DMS or diacetyl or anything like that. No, no serious flaws that I could detect in there. The hops were... Uh, you know, kind of low and kind of maybe earthy. I didn't really hmm. get a big citrusy thing in there, but it, you know, I, it, it was kind of uh, subdued hops, definitely. Uh, in American stout, you want to get a little hop in the aroma there. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy over the top. It's definitely a malt balanced beer, but um, yeah, um, appearance was kind of a medium brownish black you know it was a little maybe a little lighter it doesn't need to be jet black to be a good american stout to me but they tend to be a little darker so yeah uh you know seemed fairly clearish from what i could see with a low tan head and just kind of fine moose like bubbles that stuck around pretty well uh you know nice appearance three for appearance out of three um the roast Roast character was pretty clean, and there was a you know a nice warm, rich chocolatiness in there that that makes sense now that you say what's in it. Uh, you know, clean ale fermentation, obviously, and uh, you know definitely balance the malt, rich and uh, you know the, some of the richer malt characters are up there. It's some of the medium malt characters, like the uh, the carameliness, I felt were a bit lacking, and it just kind of so like if you think about your malts as a uh, graphic equalizer on your stereo. You, you're pulling out all the mids and you're pushing up the highs and the lows or something. It's like sometimes, um, you know, to give it a visual like that, uh, if you just have, you know, all roast malts and, and you don't have enough middle malts and, you know, some caramel or Munich or something interesting in there to kind of round out the middle, uh, it can seem a little one dimensional in there. So it was, there was a hint of kind of ashiness in the aftertaste that I thought, uh, you know, um, it wasn't like uh, over the top, but, uh, you know, bitterness was kind of medium low and clean to me. The um, yeah, I, kinda, I got a little citrusy hop in the flavor actually, um, and you know, a little earthiness, but it was still pretty low overall. Uh, and yeah, it was just like the roast and chocolate bite you, and, and and it was very smooth. And I think uh, that you know the the uh, the chloride uh, used calcium chloride. That chloride can generally kind of smooth out the bitterness. So from the roasted malt, I think kind of takes the edge off of them a little bit. Uh, and you know, same for for hops and things, but uh, it's generally in your beer, chloride will do that. So if that's what you wanted to go for, that you know, that's cool. Um, yeah, the chocolate definitely definitely won out over the the, the roast, but um, yeah. So mouthfeel wise, kind of medium light bodied, uh, pretty creamy and smooth. Not 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 very astringent. Um, you know, only a tiny hint of alcohol warmth in there. Just kind of unassuming, smooth. Um, good, good, clean stout. So, I mean, overall impression, um, you know, nice. Like I said, the richer malts were, were coming through. The chocolateiness, especially some of the supporting malts, you might might want to bump those up. And a hint of some dark caramel and some there somewhere in there might might be make it interesting. I don't know. Um, 
Also, I'd add a bit more hops. Maybe just you know bump up your hop additions by about ten percent and just see where that takes you. Uh, but also adjusting the water is going to play with that too. And and if you adjust your water and then push up your hops at the same time, it might maybe it'll be too harsh. I don't know what the hop levels were. We'll talk about your recipe next, I guess. But you know, just a little bit more of the intensity and that that oomph that Lee was saying. Uh, you know, need, would be needed to reach the real American. It's it almost like hinted towards being like a like a dry stout with American characteristics, you know, uh, dry Irish stout. It's just, just uh, you know, fine tune it, bump up, uh, bump up the ABV a touch, and and uh, and some of those other elements, and you'll have. It is a really good beer. I give it a thirty six. Um, came out seeming a little high, but I, I couldn't really find a lot to fault it for. It's very very cleanly brewed. So nice job. Oh, thank you. Now to base this on is a beer that I can't get out here anymore, but it's, it was called Voodoo Stout by. I think Left Coast Brewery. Okay. And when I first came to Hawaii a couple years ago, they had it in all the stores. I loved it. The distributor out here no longer carries it. So I was kind of trying to reproduce it. And I tried to get a hold of the brewery a couple of times and never heard back from anybody. But I kind of based it on that beer. I don't know if you guys have ever had that beer or not. Hmm. No. I, I have not, no. How close do you think you got? I don't even remember. I know. I remember the hops being much more aggressive in the commercial version. So, but that—that's really all I remember. It's—it's it's probably been uh, two years since I've had it. Yeah, <clears throat> I know uh, Black and Voodoo. I don't, yeah, I don't know Voodoo Stout. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Stout. I don't know Left Coast Brewery. I'm not too sure. <laughs> they might not even be around anymore. Maybe that's why they don't carry it. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I would assume they're on the left coast, and yeah, yeah, we, we live on the left coast here. Unless it's <laughs> the left coast of Hawaii, they're talking about. Not- no, no, it's definitely out of California. Yeah, okay. Now, Ted, you, you mentioned that you were soaking the um, the cocoa nibs in brandy and vodka. Yes. Should we be tasting that at all? It should be, I would think, uh, maybe not the vodka, but the, the brandy guys? I don't know. What do you think? There, you know, there was a total of, there was two ounces of vodka and two ounces of brandy, so overall it really was not that much. It was just, <laughs> I, I put the... The cocoa nibs in a small mason jar, and it was just enough alcohol to cover them up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, so five like two ten. ounces of vodka and two ounces of brandy. Five mm-hmm. or ten gallon batch. Uh, five gallon. Five gallon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I picked up a bit of alcohol in the nose, but it was pretty clean. Mm-hmm. You must yeah. use a decent vodka. Uh, yeah, you only drink the good stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting a big boozy brandy like character, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm, the flavors are in there. I think are actually very nice. This is a very easy drinking beer. You could actually put down a lot of it. Yeah, that the the alcohol you soaked it in probably pulled out some of some of that good chocolatiness out of there. And yeah, yeah, that's what I was out. hoping for. Yeah. yeah, it's got good chocolate flavors. It's really nice and creamy. It's just for me, it's kind of light for a stout, and it's light enough mm-hmm. for those flavors. But that's fixable. Yeah, I, I brew my stout the same way. I don't. It's not heavy on the roast and that that real acrid black malts, and I like it very kind of creamy like this it reminds me a lot of mine uh all right ted do you have any questions for the guys on your uh on your american stout with cocoa nibs i don't think so i mean you guys had mentioned a couple of times the um the the mid-grade malts and my my grain bill was two row maris otter the chocolate and crystal 40 and black barley is there any other malts that you might recommend adding in there as kind of the mid-range what were those ratios um it was it's fifty four percent two row thirty two Maris Otter, and then six for the chocolate five percent crystal and three percent barley the black barley. Okay, 
That sounds pretty yeah. good. Mid range. I, think, I, I wouldn't quibble with that. I, Based on uh, the Brewing Classics, well, the, the grain bill somewhat off of uh, Jamil's Brewing Classic styles. I, I tend to start there with all my recipes and then adjust as I think I might like the beer. Was it a 40? But I think this is uh, probably four, based pretty close off of his recipe. 40 Love a Bond Crystal? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it might just be playing with the water. This is a pretty good beer, and it's, you know, everything's kind of balanced right, and the, the chocolatiness is interesting. Um, I might leave the brandy out next time, but. Mm-hmm. Just use the vodka if you want to extract that and get some of those more chocolatey flavors out. If you want to go, you know, a different direction with it, add even more nibs. Enter it mm-hmm. as a special, you know, specialty beer or you know, spice or vegetable. Actually, if it if it has a rich chocolate character, uh, it could be a good way to go. Yeah, I, I had a pretty strong feeling. It's how I, I played with the water because my chloride is 112 parts per million and my sulfide is six. Yeah. So I just bumped all of those up, and it probably didn't, didn't need to be go up as high as, as I raised them. Yeah, I mean, it's a really smooth beer, but at the same time, if you had a little, you know, that some of that, it might be pulling down some of that kind of what I call the middle malt, you know, and kind of smoothing mm-hmm. everything out a little bit and just, you know, yeah, but solid yeah. beer. Yeah, and those salts, you know, those will impact the flavors in the way you say. I, I mean, for me, this, the water profile thing is more about getting the extraction right and your mash pH right. And I think mm-hmm. for, with all the roast malt that's in there, you, you might need something to tweak that pH back the other way because those are very acidic. All that roast is very acidic, so you need something basic well, I, to carbonate to pull it back up. Well, I did. I added all my roasted malts with a 20 minutes left in the mash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to add them through the whole mash, and that's, you know, it's good that you know that. It's, you know, it, it, if you mash the full time with all your dark malts in there, it's... It's only going to extract more of the harsh flavors from the husks, and mm. uh, you know it's just uh, not necessary. Really, it doesn't need to be mashed. There's no fermentable, or there's no uh, nothing that needs conversion in those malts. They've been burnt, right. burnt to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, that was from Gordon Strong's book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gordon still, talks still about want the that. pH right for that, for even for that part. I mean, you'll probably get the mash all done if that was the right pH. But no, to get the extract on those roasts done, so you get the flavor of those roast grains out and the and the color out of out of them too. Mm-hmm. What's the pH of your water? Uh, about eight. Okay, so that's yeah, you're in the right territory. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, it it worked. It made it made beer. It is nice. It did beer, make yeah. beer. Good, I agree. Very good beer. All right, Ted. Well, if that's it, man, we'll uh, we'll let you go. That was it. Yeah, right. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. Thanks for um, letting me do this. It good. Hey, fun. thanks for sending beer all the way from uh, Hawaii. Mahalo. Yes. Please. Guys need to come out here and do a show. We've got some good breweries out here. I, w- I would love to do that. And uh, in your honor, I'm going to go home and watch an episode of Magnum P.I. Perfect. I appreciate <laughs> it. All I drove right, Ted. by his house, actually. I used to live by where they filmed that. Oh, Next really? House, yes. The Robin's Nest? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm kind awesome. of a fan. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, guys. All right, Ted. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Robin's Nest. Terrible name. Cue up the theme song, man. <laughs> we should come back on that song. I love that <laughs> stupid show. All right. Uh, thanks, Ted, again. I appreciate it, man. That was a very good beer. Uh, and all the way from Hawaii. It couldn't have been cheap. So I uh, appreciate it. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Dave and his IPA back after this. 
Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com Now, back to the examination. That's right, baby. It's Dr. Homebrew. Back in surgery. Or whatever lame surgical pun I can figure out for our next... Whatever. Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Thanks again to Ted and his awesome stout. Uh, we now have my close personal friend, Mr. David Howes. Hello. In the studio. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? It's almost Friday. It is almost Friday. Well, if we stay here any longer, it'll be Friday before we leave. <laughs> um, 40 minutes? One hour? <laughs> yeah, and something like that. We could probably do it. Uh, so, Dave, you have an IPA for us to try. I do. Tell me a little bit about your homebrewing background. How long have you been brewing? I've been brewing for, I think, about seven years. Um, I started with, you know, like, a, I think a lot of people, with the Mr. Mr. Beer Kit. Yeah. <laughs> and realized how disgusting that is. Oh, <laughs> not a sponsor. They're not a they? sponsor. No, <laughs> you're fine. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Um, have you always brewed? Uh, have you always been so handsome when you brew? Or is this a late, late onset handsomeness? I think it came later. The beard does that to you. <laughs> that definitely does. That's cool. And you do extract, right? Or no, you do all grain? No, I do all grain. I started with extract and then I progressed into all grain. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so the interesting thing about this beer um, is that it's a split batch. Yes. What did I, you do with this? I've been doing that lately. I like to brew uh, ten gallon batches lately. Uh, my my system just barely does ten gallon batches. Um, so and I don't necessarily want ten gallons of the same beer. So I split it and I'll do like what I call a micro mash with uh, different grains. And then uh, after I split the batch, I'll like uh, maybe dry hop or add something to half of the batch, and then the other half I'll do add the. Um, uh, my micro mash too, or something which is darker grains mm-hmm. or other grains and stuff to kind of change them, change things up. So I get a couple different variety, a little variety out of ten gallons a batch. Sure, why not? Yeah, that's not bad. And uh, so the base malt, where uh, your base beer you were shooting for, was an IPA or was this? Um, actually, I would on this particular one, I was kind of shooting for a hoppy pale, but it uh-huh. it, it, it kind of uh, the the hops and. The alcohol level kind of geared towards a, um, maybe a lighter IPA. So you screwed up, basically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this IPA. Brian, you want to? Yeah, it's, this is what I would call kind of a classic IPA. <clears throat> 
we've you know all had those big West Coast IPAs, and uh, you know this one this one has a kind of a clean, bright, general citrusy kind of lemon lime you know hint of mandarin kind of in there. Um, you know, pretty nice, safe hop choices in there. The malt's clean, just a basic base malt with a, a low light caramel underneath there. Almost a kind of low honey, like graham cracker, like kind of character in there too. Um, you know, pretty clean, fruity apple pear kind of esters in there. Um, a little bit of a slight kind of toffee-like character in the malt too, I thought. Just, just a hint of that. Uh, you know, no DMS or diacetyl or anything. Um weird cleanly brewed uh in the yeah the aroma everything kind of middle of the road for what i wanted a lighter ipa um a nice bright deep deep golden color uh with yellowy orange highlights and just really brilliantly clear i like the appearance um had a nice medium um headstand that, that that persisted pretty well kind of fine bubbles uh uh you know off off white <clears throat> just uh you know in the in the flavor just you know clean base malt again low caramel a lot of the same kind of comments as the aroma kind of mellow citrusy hops and uh you know not nothing wild nothing big in your face the bitterness was um pretty smooth and and kind of medium to medium low territory um not biting at all kind of uh, but the beer finished medium dry, like I like an IPA to do. Uh, you know, a hint hint of some kind of uh, slight minerally notes in there, uh, but uh, and the water is coming through a little more than in some IPAs. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, the aftertaste just just clean citrusy hops. That's that's what you want. And that's what you get. It's a basic IPA, um, medium light body, slight uh, slightly minerally feel to it. Uh, very low warmth, not 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 extremely creamy, but pretty smooth anyway. And uh, you know, no real hop astringency that 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 jumps out at you. Carb, Carbonation is kind of medium, um, you know, generally dry feeling IPA, which is what you want. Uh, overall, it's just a it's a safe beer. It's a nice hoppy IPA, and I kind of like to see that sometimes that where. You get IPAs and everybody just has to amp it up. And every IPA you get after the other is like an IPA and a half, you know, leaning towards Imperial IPA territory. Every once in a while, it's just nice to have a basic kind of classic, you know, like a, you know, Anchor Liberty kind of IPA that's just not in your face. It just has everything there that it needs. It's it's nicely balanced. Uh, but, you know, if, it was lacking maybe some hop complexity. And I think that perhaps... Pumping up some some of the more funky and more intense hops to avoid becoming too kind of generic and safe and almost paleo like, uh, but I would avoid swinging too far into the the wild territory there. Uh, you know, cleanly brewed, maybe bring up, bring up the ABV just a touch, and the late and dry dry hops just a, a very small percentage. You know, just and if you want, if this is what you want, this is what you're going for. But yeah, it's a nice nice IPA. I gave it a, a 37. Actually, I thought it was really cleanly brewed and and. Uh, you know, brings back good memories of the old days. Oh, awesome. Thanks. That was a good recap. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm, I'm getting better at this as we go along. Is I it because he's here? <laughs> no, I always score the, the, you know, the, guests, the guests that are here. you got to score them higher. You have to That's look right. them in the face and say, I gave your beer a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me cross out that 13 and I'll just write a 43. <laughs> hey, look at that. 
no, I, I judge everything fairly impartially, and yeah, I do my best anyway. And that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Lee, what are your opinions? What are my opinions? On the beer. On the beer. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God, you take all the fun out of this. Okay. <laughs> Restricting myself to the beer. Um, American IPA. Medium intensity, piney, oniony, citrusy hops. Um, I thought the intensity was okay. Could maybe be a little higher, but not too bad. I uh, got some caramel malt in the nose. Um, some light fruity esters, although maybe that was from the hops. I wasn't really sure. Uh, seemed like a cleave ferment. No off aromas from that. I thought maybe I picked up just a slight whiff of a little bit of cheesiness to the hops. Sort of late in the game. Um, which might suggest that some of them, some of the aroma hops might not have been fresh. Although I, I don't know where you got them or how, but... I picked up just a little bit of that. Um, it was a pretty beer. Had a big head, fine bubbles. La- the foam lasted a long time. It's good foam stand. Um, light amber color. It's very nice, very clear, almost brilliant. Maybe not quite that clear, but it's very pretty beer. Um, looked great. Um, for the flavor, I would say uh, medium-high IBUs, malt caramel flavor, sort of lead. A little bit of that sort of... Uh, citrus, onion, piney hops. Can I follow that up? And a little bit of a light fruity ester. I thought it was a bit in the sweet side. Not too bad, but seemed um, notably compared to most IBA, IPAs a little bit sweet. Um, the ferment seems to um, seems to me maybe not to have completely attenuated. It doesn't taste warty or anything like that, but I'm, I'm kind of guessing here. But it's just since it seemed a little bit sweet, I'm wondering it might have not completely fermented out. Um, either that or it's being mashed a little bit high. Body, I thought, was medium high. Almost a bit high for style, but not too bad. It did give it a nice creaminess that it might not otherwise have had. Carbonation was okay. It wasn't hot or astringent or anything like that. Um, it was pretty nice there. I thought it was a good IPA. A little bit of pungency to the hops, but not too much. Sort of a classic combination otherwise. Um, Unobtrusive supporting malts, a little bit of whiff of cheesiness maybe in some of those um, hops, but not not a big deal. I didn't even notice it first. Um, it's just mostly I thought it was just a bit sweet for the style. It tasted To me, I would guess under-attenuated rather than high mash temp, but I wasn't really sure. I mean, if that's a problem, no, maybe a bigger, healthier yeast pitch or yeast nutrients or something like that would help. Um, so that was my take on it. I actually gave it a 32 points. I thought it was okay. Thank you. Sure. Well, David, what do you think? Well, your um, rebuttal, sir. No, <laughs> no, uh, your rebuttal. No, no. I mean, all, <laughs> which one of all, us do you All of that makes with? sense. All of that makes sense. Um, as far as the hop uh, cheesiness, um, all my hops uh, they're all um, uh, pellet um, pellet hops. Pellet hops, yeah. yeah. And they're they're frozen, and they're they're some of them uh, might be a little old, but I keep them um, in um, like triple bagged and stuff in the uh, freezer and i don't i don't like flush them with the um the uh, co2 but i do squeeze out all the airs like triple bag them so i don't get like the you know freezer triple bag with freezer what? burn well plastic I, I, bags well i have them in the the main bags are the uh the mylar type mm-hmm. so so it doesn't get any um any any light in there and then within that i Bag them in another plastic bag, and then in even another plastic bag. Because you know, sometimes you get those freezer tastes and stuff. Oh, the the <laughs> aromas from your yeah. freezer. Yeah. 
So. Another trick you can use is use the uh, the food saver things and oh, I have you know, those yeah, too. Just uh, and it'd be perfect now. Because they have uh, the vacuum system that you can use with either bags or with the the thing, and you can just put your hops that are just in whatever bag they came in and just drop them into one of those like you know little containers of uh, like a food food storage container, and then Celamil. suck all the air out. Seal yeah. Seal meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I have those. There's a little yeah, tip that came that. up at yeah. one of our uh, our Mad Zymergist meetings one time. Somebody who said just. Oh, that's use a, a food saver yeah. thing. Yeah. I'll definitely use that. And they modified some jars too that they, they used with their hops and did that way. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just use the bags or the things, which, whichever I have. So yeah. Oh, good. You get your recipe there, Dave? When you? Yes, I do. Yeah, flip uh, through that thing. Well, um, uh, I have um, uh, pale malt, two row, ninety three percent of that, ninety three and a half. I have a little bit of Munich malt, two point seven, British Crystal. Um, uh, what is it? Fifty sixty. I call it fifty five because they give the variance. Because um, I always like a, a little bit of that nuttiness in there, um, as opposed to using an American um, crystal. So it's a uh, yeah, the British crystal um, fifty sixty. And lately, I've been using um, um, Cara Aroma in a couple mm. of my beers. I just kind of like some of the flavors that I'm getting out of that. So I have a little bit of that, just like. Um, just one percent, a little over one percent in that, and another malt that I really like, and just to get a little bit of the, uh, get it on a little bit darker note, and just add a little bit of flavor in it. Pale chocolate. I'm a big fan of pale mm. chocolate malt and stuff. So, mm. okay. What about your hops? My hops. Um, You're triple bagged. My, my careful, Cor's going to steal that from you. <laughs> um, I um, bittered it with uh, Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Brewer in uh, flavoring, uh, 15 minutes before boil. Uh, Simcoe, uh, five minutes uh, before the end of the boil. And at the flame out, or one minute, uh, some summit. And then I dry hopped it with some Citra and uh, uh, Simcoe. Okay. And, uh, do you have any questions for the guys based on their feedback? Um, I did... But I can't think of it now. <laughs> there are some wild hops in there. Wow, cool. Yeah, I, and, and and like um, like um, this is a batch that I uh, split the batch. Um, the other half I did a micro mash. What I call a micro mash. I did some um, uh, darker malts and did like a uh, a little mash on the stove and stuff uh, for I think it was uh, thirty minutes, forty five minutes. Um, and then I, when I split the batch, I added that uh, portion to half of it, and then the IPA half I dry hopped, which and that's one thing with this darker malts. I didn't want to. Uh, I wanted to make sure I kept out like uh, citrusy type of hops, too too much citrusy. So I kept that to the uh, dry hopping of the uh, IPA. Smart. So when you say the uh, patented house micro mash, is it? Um it's just you're steeping the grains in extra yeah, water? Yeah, basically or? I just take a big grain bag, I throw them in there, and um, in the wort, in, the- in the wort that you pulled off? No, 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 no. no. Okay. It's, it's just water. I, I think it was like a um, three-quarters of a gallon okay. on, on my stove. Heated it to, um, I think, 152, the typical, I mean, yeah, the typical um, mass temperature. Threw the grains in there in a, um, in a uh, grain bag, and that was like... Um, some uh, a little bit more car aroma, a half um, half pound of uh, the pale chocolate again, like an ounce of carafa three, 
And then um, a little bit more, I wanted a little bit more, um, try to get a little bit uh, more mouthfeel, a little bit more maltiness. I put some more of the um, British Crystal in there. And I don't I don't think, I don't taste it at all, but I also threw in just like a little small half or ounce of um, some peat smoked barley that I had, just to try it. I hmm. don't think that comes through. I just know. to add a little Yeah, I just wanted depth. to try it okay. because I'm not a big fan of really smoky beers, but I wanted to just try it to, on, on the darker side just to see if something came through. I don't know if that came it through. Does. So. It does. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. I picked that up. Oh, yeah. good, good. I what mean, you, in a good way? Or actually, yeah, just good way. It's, it it's pretty, pretty, pretty low level, but it's a nice little kind of background note, that smokiness in there. What do you guys think of this beer? So this is uh, an American brown. That's what I, I call yeah. it a West Coast brown. West Coast brown. Yeah, it's 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 rich. It's got a lot of you know solid um, solid rich malt characters. I get I get that little hint of smoke in there too. That's cool. Oh, good, good. Really subtle though. Yeah, it's not not like it's overt at all. It just kind of in in balance and blended with other things. So I don't really like overly smoky beers either. How far could you go and push the smoke on this beer before it gets a little too, little too smoky? Not yeah. much more. I mean, unless you want to start calling it a, a rock beer of some sort, a real smoked beer. Mm-hmm. That's about as much as I would go for just a flavor note. Yeah, and I didn't want I didn't want a smoky beer. I just wanted to, I just wanted to try because I've had this I've had this smoked malt. And I want to try it in something, but not as a smoky beer, just to kind of add that to it. And it sounds like maybe I, I kind of a. a, a uh, um, acquired it in this way. Yeah, I think that works pretty well. It works nicely with those chocolate malts that are in there, too. Um, the one thing I would consider is maybe if you're going to put the smoke is maybe just a touch less on the bittering. So oh. you can fight, kind of fight sometimes. Oh, oh right, right. Um, but, but I don't, but don't see, think you're that's quite where, there yet. That's where it kind of was fighting because it was the same batch as the IPA, so... My my kind of bittering in a sense was set right, or am so, I wrong? So you split the batches yeah. after you did the yeah. I split that. the batch okay. after I chilled after after the chill and everything. So basically, it's all those greens in that mash you're talking about added to the IPA. Exactly. Ah, okay. And see the IPA, I dry hop, so I got the extra you know the hop aromas and stuff like that. And tell um, us about the process of getting from the micro mash on the stove into the beer. You you just cooled that separately. Yeah, I, and then, yeah, I cooled that in the in an ice bath, and then just dumped them together in one yeah. fermenter. Yeah, so my exactly, and yeah. so I'm not gonna. I'm, mm. I don't. I didn't get uh, tons of sugar, obviously, from that the dark grains. So that diluted the the brown. So the brown's uh, a little lighter beer than the uh, IPA. The IPA, um, but it's same hopping. Except for dry hop. Except for the dry hop. Yeah. Huh. Which is, I, I think, it was just over 61 IBUs. I th- okay. Because when, when you explained it to me, I thought you had um, split them entirely and, and hopped entirely differently nope. also. But, no. okay. It's wow. All, it's all the same hopping except for the um, dry hopping. I mean, do you notice, I mean, just my curiosity, do you notice a big difference or are they kind of similar or? It's interesting what the dark malt does with the hops. It just it 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 comes up, and you know you push up enough of the dark malts in this American brown that it 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 it's a malt balanced beer. The the other beer is a hop balanced beer, and it you know um, you get more more of the hop hop character coming through. It's like kind of the same thing was when you do a batch a split batch with a American yeast versus a. Um, a, a Belgian yeast with a, an IPA or something—it just totally changes the hop character. And malt, 
you know, does the same thing when you bring it up to balance and, and push it up. I mean, obviously you reach a point where the hops are going to just kill the malt and you'd, you could, you know, it would just get bigger and bigger and you'd have both fighting with each other. But, you know, this is a good experience. It's a light, you know, it's not an over the top IPA mm-hmm. to start yeah, with. I didn't want that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm like JP. I'm a session drinker. Yeah. So I wanted something like if I'm going to do an IPA, I want it on the lighter side. Um, but then again, I want it to keep the IBUs at a certain level to where it's not going to overpower and fight too much with the uh, dark malts. I think it works. I mean, I think the, the brown ale, the IBUs are not too high. I, I don't know. The bitterness is not biting me. It's pretty smooth, and the malt is... It's very balanced. It's nicely balanced, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, for me, I actually think the the IBUs are pushing it for for a dark for a brown ale like this. It's mm. got that kind of IPA level bitterness. For me, it seems a little much, um, yeah. but it's not not way past where it should be. Yeah, yeah. depends on your taste. If you like that, yeah. you know that Janet's brown kind of a, uh, American brown, then you know on the hoppier side, it, you know, I don't think probably right up. This isn't alley, quite yeah. there at all. It's it's you know smoother than that. It's smoother, and it's a little. I think it's a little drier than that. I find that beer too. It's too too sweet. For me, the mm. Janice Brown, or yeah, or, oh. yeah, I I think it's a little too sweet. I like my I like my American Browns a little bit, a little bit drier than that. And I think. that reminds me of a, of a question that we were talking about the uh, the, the attenuation. Um, yeah, actually, typically on um, a lot of my beers, um, and I brew uh, uh, similar styles. I um, most of mine attenuate out, attenuate out, um, attenuate out. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they go to. Uh, 10.08 was this one I couldn't get below 10.10 so which was kind of interesting I mean I, I I'm a big fan of I mean I'm an easy brewer I'm a big fan of dry yeast it was just a typical 05 US 05 mm-hmm. um, yeah. on both sides well 10.10 10.08 I mean that's still and but usually I'm I always go out to at least um 10.08, and for some reason on this, like it, 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 even the IPA, it just went to 10.10. I was uh, kind of surprised that it mm. didn't go all the way down. But Is this a noticeably richer malt beer, more crystal malts or anything than it, your other it, beers? It could have been. It could have been like those crystal malts, and maybe I'm not sure how much uh, the, that those care, that care aroma uh, lends to uh, something like that. But, right. yeah, it could be the uh, British crystal that does that, too. Right. I haven't used the Cara Aroma. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I got um, in one of my homebrew um, um, uh, meetings. They were giving out these bags of Cara Aroma, and I, I, what I, is that used in tipping? Is it a Belgian uh, or is it's, it? I think it's like a one one twenty love bond, so it, it does add oh, definitely wow. darkness to it and stuff. But I just kind of like the flavors of it. Um, um, I can't, to be honest, I can't remember the actual uh, flavor characteristics, yeah. but I re- know that I've used it in the past, and I really like um, what what I get out of it. So I thought I'd just put a little bit in the um, in the base beer that I did, and then I, like I said, I added even more to that uh, the mini match. Sure, and and match. that's a really fun thing that home brewers can do in general is. You know, find malts that you tend to favor for your beers and that works with your water and your setup and use those. And you can develop kind of a house character and, and you know, this is Johnny's beer. It, you know, ha- you know, if it always David. tastes bad, <laughs> yeah, if it always tastes bad and he's using some weird malt that just doesn't work with the recipes, then that's another story. But if you learn to balance them with what you make and, and do that, that's cool, you know, yeah. go for it. 
Yeah, that's why. Like I said, I it's it's this uh, carrot aroma I like, and I'm like a huge fan of the uh, the pale pale chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. I like both of these beers. They're good. Very Thank you. Tasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good beer. Good job, Dave. Thank you. You did great. I especially like the uh, little micro mash. It's pretty good. Right. I'm uh, try that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And, and the uh, brushed aluminum growler. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's yeah, it's true. not ins- it's not insulated like. Um, like the warhead available yeah. in store now. Exactly. Brewnetwork.com slash, I don't even know if it's slash store, but you'll find it anyway. Uh, all right, we're up against the break, boys. And uh, when we come back, we'll do our patented Dr. Homebrew recap. And then uh, I think it's about time we get out of the studio. Yeah. Back after this. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest-approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Stop moving my tea time, JP. I know, but, uh, you know, it's much better because the uh, little girls who drive the caddy carts around selling beers are much hotter in the afternoon. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. We're wrapping up the show here. Um, we're going to go over the two beers that we, we talked about uh, today with uh, Ted and David. So Ted is first up, uh, and he had his stout, his American stout with cocoa nibs added. And uh, we all thought it was a really good beer. The The feedback that you guys gave him, uh, maybe just dial up the intensity a little bit, either with a roast character or water adjustment or crystal malt in the mid-palate, uh, maybe even some hops, and uh, just that would take it up to the next level. Or you could imperialize it and bump up the boozy nibs and barrel age it and just go crazy with it. You, you know. could do that, too. It was a really good base beer. You could pretty much go anywhere with it. You could go yeah. a lot of different directions. You could change it into something completely different. <clears throat> but that's about... Why uh, yeah, why, why, why not? not, right? That's what homebrewing is all about. It was a pretty nice American stout, and he did some really good things. I liked what he did uh, with the, the dark grains, not adding them in the mash the full time. You can even add them when you're about to start sparging, or you can even kind of sparge through them. You don't have to just uh you know sit sit the you don't have to sit put them in the mash the whole time it doesn't doesn't need to be there so that makes sense yeah you can even cold extract them overnight if you like you could that's a lot yeah you can definitely do a lot of stuff in homebrewing especially with that with that beer it was very clean and very good uh then we have david (laughs) david that's me (laughs) hi david uh so and then dave had the ipa slash brown ale micro mash 
Our it, first overachiever. He brought two beers. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, we focused on the IPA there, and, and you guys said just bump the ABV up a little bit, uh, if that's what you're looking for. Boost up the late edition hops. Um, Lee, you were saying focus on your attenuation um, and a uh, little bit of a cheesy hop aroma, but uh, but nothing too uh, super offensive. Not for the cheese, no. Yeah. No, it was just a little whiff of something in the end. It's a lighter IPA, and yeah, 10.08's on the, the very low end of what you you know want to finish at for an IPA as it is. So, you know, that would be appropriate, too. Uh, the 10.10 finishing was, you know, dry enough for me, I thought. But it was a pleasant, smooth, kind of classic IPA, yeah. almost like a pale ale and a half. And we were talking on the break about how, you know, the style creep is, you know, over the years, sometimes the pale ales become almost IPA-like, and the IPAs become almost double IPA-like, and... You don't need to do that. You can just, you know, dial everything back where you want it. If you want to brew a sessiony beer, we've got two very fine sessiony beers here. They're t- pretty tasty. Thank you. Yeah, I rather enjoyed them. Thanks for bringing them in, Dave. No problem. All right, guys, what do you think? That's it. Yeah, let's call it. It's I done. think that's it. Uh, this I'm is another. Toast. What's that? We're toast. Yeah, we are toast, man. <laughs> We're done. Uh, this has been Dr. Homebrew. I want to thank my co-hosts, as always, Brian and Lee, BJCP, Master Judges, More Handsome You Will Not Find, and uh, Very Delicate Flowers, too, and I appreciate them for coming in all the time. It's been great. And then uh, Ted, of course, for sending in the beer, and then David, of course, for being here and looking very tired right no at me problem. the whole time. thank you all. But he didn't send his beer all the way from Hawaii. He just brought it in. Yeah, he hey, brought it hey, all the way from I Danville. I was born in Hawaii, so that's got to be worth it. Oh, cool. Right? Yep. <laughs> but you left, and that's not... I don't know how you do that. Uh, if you want to be a guest on Dr. Homebrew and get this same kind of camaraderie and teasing, uh, email me at jp at com, and I will give you all the information you need to send me your beers, and then we will sit and judge them and uh, all that kind of stuff. Thanks again to our sponsor, Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. And, um, yeah, we'll see you guys later.